Hello, friends. As many of you know, the month of May is dedicated to our Blessed Mother, and we should all seek special ways to honor her. One of the very best is by praying the rosary. A fresh and beautiful way to pray it is through an apostolate called Soul Corps, which intentionally engages the whole person in the sacred experience of the rosary. Soul Corps integrates the prayers of the rosary with core strengthening, stretching, and functional movements, inviting participants to nourish body and soul and encourage deeper reflection on the virtues. Soul Corps is designed to engage the senses through prayer, scripture, sacred art, music, candlelight, and movement. Live classes are offered across the country and internationally, as well as digital offerings through DVDs, downloads, online streaming studio, and newly launched Soul Corps app. We invite you to visit soulcore.com. That's S-O-U-L-C-O-R-E.com to discover the beauty and transforming power of the rosary in body, mind, and soul. As a gift to Abiding Together listeners, SoulCore is offering complimentary 30-day access to their online studio library of classes. Go to www.soulcore.com slash sign up and enter promo code 30FREE. That's 30-F-R-E-E, all caps, to begin your journey today. You can also check them out on social media through at SoulCore Project. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends, and welcome to season 11 of the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement in your journey with Jesus Christ. Hi, my name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, and we talk about all things Christ, about life, about beauty, about sorrow. We laugh, we cry, you'll fit right in. (laughs) So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. And welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, where we will complete our series on the identities and our four-part series on the identity of bride. Before we go into it, ladies, this has been quite a monumental undertaking. It has. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for the weary of heart. (laughs) The faint of heart. The faint faint of heart. heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I can't even say it straight. Yeah. <laughs> so I think tired Heather's right a little now. delusional. Um, <laughs> but poor Heather, we had the fire alarm again for the second night in a row. Yes, and those so, who heard our mother episode heard about the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. We had yes, it again last night. Which I, as being the responsible I alone one, escaped to I got yes. up, I went outside yeah. like yeah. we're supposed mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. while two mm-hmm. other people. I was like, the we headlines the next day we don't, would have been like, the new podcast, Abiding Alone with Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Because two of them got burned in a fire. Two hosts perish out of sheer laziness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But Needless to say, there's been very little sleep going on mm-hmm. and a lot of recording. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Both mm-hmm. Nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a baby. Like yeah. a baby. Mm-hmm. Like so, a rock. Uh-huh, yeah. That's what your plugs and sound machines are for. Okay. So we, anyway. Yes, that's what we do. So mm-hmm. we are going to finish with the um, the title of Fruitful Love, which is really an encapsula- encapsulation of so much of what we talk about. A fruit. All of us want our love to be fruitful. All of us want to have abiding on the vine, having fruitful, our hearts be fruitful, our relationships be fruitful, our lives be fruitful. So... The statement of intention we've been using from the Mass uh, for the for the marriage rite of the Catholic Church, which is the, cup, the question that two of you were asked as you stood before the Lord and your beloved spouse, and you were asked, do you intend to accept children lovingly from God and raise them according to the law of Christ and the Church? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's all that's running through my mind right now. Okay, I have to tell a funny story. Mm-hmm. When they asked us this at our wedding, Chris goes, answers, oh, yeah. Like <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and so it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but everybody giggled, yeah. 
So we will read our scripture passage for this series, which is from Genesis. We'll read it for the last time and just let it unfold as it continues uh, to unfold in our hearts. This is Genesis 2, verses 18 to 25. And it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of her man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Hmm. Heather, you want to jump into this? Felt fruitful love and kind of what you notice in your heart and what the Lord's stirring there? Yeah, fruitful love. Again, let's just go back to the, this is the image in which we were made, was mm -hmm. for it to be fruitful, mm -hmm. you know, to be life generating. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son, which is just a profound meditation mm -hmm. and yeah. reality, you know, that that there is, uh, I mean, a profound love that we were made in the image of. And so when we look at love, it, it needs to bear fruit, a fruit mm -hmm. that will last. Mm -hmm. And so obviously children are the, mm -hmm. <laughs> the most yeah. obvious sign of that, but it should be bearing a lot of other fruit. It yes. should be life-giving. It should be bearing life to the world in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of family is that, yes, you can have your, you know, biological children, or you can have your, your blood, you know, relatives, but family is bigger than that. And, mm -hmm. and, the way that your love can generate new life isn't just through your biological children, mm -hmm. but but through your whole community. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just think this is one of the most beautiful parts of, of marriage, really, mm -hmm. and of union, mm -hmm. that, that new life should be born. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the most special gift that yeah. we've been given in our marriage. Like, mm -hmm. I just adore our children, and I couldn't have ever prepared myself for what a wonderful gift they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at, at every stage, like mm -hmm. even in the most difficult, I haven't slept times. And now that they're teenagers, I just absolutely adore every single stage and they mm -hmm. teach me so much. And, um, but I too want them to be assigned to the world of the love of God. You know, yes. like that's my job as a parent is to help them come into the fullness of who they are mm -hmm. and to help like cultivate that love that they too can pour forth no matter what vocation they're called mm -hmm. to, because yeah. that, that love should be generated in every vocation. Mm -hmm. yeah. I How agree. about you, Michelle? I agree. One of the huge signs we have in our house is a quote from Mother Teresa that we love is we draw the circle of family too small, yeah. you know, and we have that. And it was actually the quote my husband used when he gave the eulogy for his mom mm -hmm. because she was such a person that um, like everyone was family, mm -hmm. you know, like and she welcomed people in so well and such a gift of hospitality. And so I think that's really important. And we can have hospitality of our homes, but we have a hospitality of our hearts. Yeah. And that really provides a fruitfulness. You know, and, you know, it says in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. And that is for, yes, children, physical children that are our own, but it also is for discipleship. Mm -hmm. And 
is also for bringing people into the kingdom, you know, and um, we have to have, I think for this idea, yes, it's a marriage intention. Do you accept children lovingly from God and raise them according to the law of Christ in the church? I think there's one thing to have children. I think there's another thing to form them well, yes, you know, and teach them and that the domestic church should be the primary teachers. Mm -hmm. We should be. But also I think there's something uh, that we're all called to make disciples, Yeah, you know, and I was... uh, telling sister this morning we were going to mass I ended up staying and watching this documentary last night before I went to bed about um, the fastest growing church um, country that the church is growing is actually Iran interesting and it is actually women leaders in Iran in these home churches that are spreading the gospel you know, and this is the fastest growing movement of the church right now. And I just, wow. there's something about that, just the fruitfulness of women mm-hmm. and we're a place where they are so oppressed, the Lord is granting freedom to them and they are fruitful and they are multiplying and they are making disciples mm-hmm. of all nation. And I mean, their faith is bold and courageous, but for us, how is the Lord calling us to be fruitful mm-hmm. right now? You know, and how is he calling us? Um, we really touched upon this in the mother series, calling us, it only comes out of intimate union. Yeah. All fruitfulness, yeah. whether a marriage, a spiritual children, wherever it is, it is comes from intimate union. So are we creating space for this intimate union to happen? Mm-hmm. And I know those are very, depending on the kind of intimate union we're talking about, those are yes. very tender conversations. Yes. And I would imagine both of you being married, you know, for so many years now of, of just the conversations you both had to have with your spouse about intimacy and about union mm-hmm. and about children and about just the welcoming of a child. And those are deep decisions that every couple has to make with the Lord. And mm-hmm. just even coming together as a couple and what does that mean? And what does it mean to be to, to be naked without shame or to ha- to have those places that still experience shame to be allowed the Lord to come in to fill those places. And I, I love this quote from Love and Responsibility where John Paul II is saying, love is never something ready-made, something merely given to man and woman. It is always at the same time a task which they are set. Love should be seen as something which is, is in a sense never is, but is always becoming. And what it becomes depends upon the contribution of both persons and the depth of their commitment. And like we said earlier, that each couple has a love that the world has never seen before and that really manifest a particular way that Christ loves the church. And so we have to regularly go to the depths uh, of our own hearts with the Lord. And then, you know, with spouses, especially for you as married couples, like to me, it seems like that's the oxygen many times to your marriage because it'd probably be very easy to get caught up in just the day-to-day duties of life, but to like to really have those moments and then to really speak of that and to be regularly engaging in like just deep areas of intimacy with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that can look a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we've learned over the years because, mm-hmm. you know, there's obvious, the obvious, most obvious sexual union yes. that every couple, you know, there's ebbs and flows to that sure. and what that looks like and what that means and what each person needs and, mm-hmm. and how fruitfulness can look within that, even yeah. for one another. Yeah. Um, but there's all, all kinds of intimacy that need to be cultivated. And that's something yes. I think you know, men and women are so different mm-hmm. with what we need mm-hmm. to experience intimacy. And mm-hmm. so those conversations can be very vulnerable, but they're so, so important. You know, like, what does it look like to just hold each other? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of intimacy can be born from just the silence of being in each other's arms? And what does it look like to, you know, hold space for each other in conversation? Mm -hmm. But what does it look like? Yeah, in all of those different realms of intimacy, it's so vitally important, but it takes time. And that's Mm -hmm. the hardest thing that I think we're battling against right now in our world is we don't have enough time 
we do, but we feel like we don't. We're mm-hmm. always rushing. Mm-hmm. There's always too much in our schedule. And mm-hmm. I think that just the discipline of having margin <laughs> so that there's room so that if something goes awry, we still have time for the most important things, that yeah. they're not the thing that goes out the window right mm-hmm. away, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been so interesting since in the season that I've been in, taking like some time back, realizing what are the most important things, Mm -hmm. you know, and to really do vocation well, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of intentionality, like we were saying. But I think that's what you were talking about, the deeper intimacy. Like I was, I love the part in Love and Responsibility and John Paul II talks a lot about tenderness. Mm-hmm. He talks about tenderness and I love this part. He says that tenderness is the ability to feel with and for the whole person, mm-hmm. to feel even the most deeply hidden spiritual tremors and always to have in mind the true good of that person. Mm-hmm. And he said, thus tenderness is nothing but the expression of my deep attunement to the beauty and goodness, to the pain and the sorrow, to the whole subjective interior state of the other person and their uniqueness as God's beloved, and my desire to express my closeness to them in a tangible way. Mm. You know, but I also think there's something beautiful. And he goes on to say, and also um, Joshua Ebster, the book I was talking about, The Entrustment to Mary, he talks about it also, but that Joseph and men have to shelter the woman. Mm-hmm. So the woman feels secure, therefore, to give safe a full gift, mm-hmm. yeah, to feel safe and secure, to give the full gift of herself. And I think there's something about that, a man's oh, yeah. tenderness yet strength mm-hmm. to allow a woman to unfold. Mm-hmm. Because even in like in the sexual meaning, if their man's tender touch will uh, help a woman's, you know, whole body to open up yes. and to unfold. Mm-hmm. But if there's something harsh or something something forced or something. I'm not talking about abuse, but even just like there's not an attunement to the woman, like there's not attunement to her soul or there's not a tenderness to it. Like it was really interesting. One of my mentors um, said to me, her husband, who's a tough Marine, I've said this on the podcast, but they're in their late 60s now. And he said, it's taken a long time to learn how to make love. Mm -hmm. He said, any man can have sex but it takes Mm -hmm. a long time to learn how to make love. And I think that's so true. And you and I've had the conversation before, like there are certain men that their very presence makes you feel safe and secure, Mm -hmm. that it almost like a woman unfolds in them. They become in them. They Mm -hmm. blossom in them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that women cannot have that on their own or they need a man to do that. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying, you know, when you feel protected, like there's something about that, you know? And when um, a man just makes you feel like, okay, he's safe, yes. you know, and his tenderness is a gift. You know, there's a strength to it. And it's different than our tenderness, yes. but there's a strength to it that it just allows us to um, unfold. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sister, what are your thoughts? Well, I think I think all of that is very true. And I just think of that that's the attentiveness of Christ, the bridegroom for us, mm-hmm. of the his attunement to us. Every like so for example, for us, every woman wants to be attended to and yes. asked questions about and to be, hey, I thought of you and that we want to be sacrificed for, we want to be protected. We want mm-hmm. to feel safe and secure that we don't have to we don't have to worry. That's not up to us, you know. And we want to um be a, like a partner on a great adventure and we want to receive and we want to give back life. We want to receive and give back life. That's etched in our bodies, it's etched in our souls. And it's that pattern of of Christ of how he loves the bride that helps the woman open and it helps it's, it's the church at large, you know, because we talk about the church church as a woman, Mm -hmm. like the church is a womb. 
through the baptism, through mm. through the sacrament of Holy Communion, like the church is a womb where the children grow and they're born into eternal life. It's really stunning, just the the theology of our bodies, the theology of what God is writing into our souls. And it's that echo of it's not arbitrary, it's not random, or it's not just like, oh, I'm being too girly. Like these are the things that resonate in the heart as men re- regard and deeply appreciate. They want to be needed. They want to they want to be able to show up and yeah. to be provide and they want to to be thought of as strong and safe and secure. I, that makes a, a man's heart's heart bloom. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the mutual reciprocity of that gift and just seeing that beauty of you know all of us we love men. Like we love the masculine genius. We love it just it's so beautiful. There, you know, men your masculinity is not toxic. It's glorious and we love it. And and the way that Christ is forming that as a divine bridegroom for the bride, which is an eternal reality of of, of a love that never ends, of a love that never ends, that we can't even fathom the beauty of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we always need to hold very close to us that the goal is union. The goal is union with God. And mm-hmm. in our marriages, the goal is union with yeah. your spouse, mm-hmm. which leads to a deeper union with God because mm-hmm. that's your primary vocation. Yeah. And so when we talk about attunement and what each other needs and intimacy, like we always have to be asking, like, how can we grow in our in our mm-hmm. intimacy and union? Does this lead to intimacy and union. Mm-hmm. And, and I think being aware of what each other needs um, is so important in mm-hmm. honoring one another. You know, there's different stages that women go through. This has come up so many times from our listeners who are like, can you guys talk about menopause? Can you yeah. talk about yeah. like, like all of these different, what do we like do? All the Infertility, yes. like there's so many things that come into play within yeah. a marriage and especially when it comes to fruitfulness mm-hmm. or yeah. our, our sexual intimacy. And so, um, things change, you know, like having it stay the same or thinking that you know the other person. And I'm talking about the women's side of things, but men change too, oh, yeah, and they yeah. need different things at different times too. Um, so how can we attune to one another's needs so that it leads to intimacy always? Mm-hmm. And and maybe it looks different in a different mm-hmm. season, and and that's okay, mm-hmm. you know. But I think exploring those things together, but also with friends, is mm-hmm. so vitally important. These yeah. conversations I don't think happen enough. I agree with and you. And even in the conversation, that those conversations are leading to union yeah. within the marriages, you know, like you said before, when you and Gretchen share, you're for each other's mm-hmm. marriages, you know. I felt that with different friends too. And my mom in particular, if I share something with her, she is like for Jake and I yes. in everything. There's yeah. never a throwing under the bus. So mm-hmm. it, even if we're talking with friends about our, our sexuality or other things yeah. that we need, like that it isn't throwing our spouses under the bus or they're so dumb or they don't know or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, but really asking questions of one another, mm-hmm. like, how do you cultivate this so that it leads to deeper intimacy? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's really what we all want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our disappointments or our fears or our lack of knowing what to do lead to frustration, which comes out in gossipy conversations. Yeah. I think it's just something to guard against because those things mm-hmm. can cause our hearts to become even further distant oh, and gosh, yeah. and to sometimes believe some of the things that the world says, like, oh, that's just how it is. You know, women are always like this. Guys are always like yeah. this. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, that's just not, that's not what we believe. Like mm-hmm. God can change things. Yes. And and he can transform things and he can grow things, you mm-hmm. know, and he can also take away things mm-hmm. that have been problems for us. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of my, or two of my friends, they're both married. They're both Catholic speakers. And they were joking. I was hanging out with them one time and they were both joking. They wanted to write a book. What really happens on your wedding night? And what happens when you have your first kid? Like, they're like, no, women don't ever talk about like, oh, here's the yes. things you really need to know. And like, here's what actually happens when you have a baby. She's like, it's not like it is. And they're like, they're very funny, just very yeah. honest. And oh my gosh, it's like, it's true. I mean, I'm sure for you in many ways, like unless your mother, 
talk to you about, honey, here's what happens. And Mm -hmm. you're kind of going into it. And then you think you should know, or then you have all these expectations from your spouse. I mean, I could just only imagine, I think having good, just healthy conversations with people that love us, that that understand their bodies, that know Mm -hmm. God, that know the whole purpose, I think is so tremendously life-giving. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I laugh even for my first child, like, thank God for my sister-in-law. Like, Mm -hmm. she's like, all right, she had a child right before I did. She's like, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like, let me, like, I mean, she went out there, you know, I mean, no one tells you about that mesh underwear, please. Like, I mean, it's just like these horror stories and, um, and she's really, really funny anyway, but also no one just like walks you through things, like rocks you through things. And before and other cultures, like, um, different cultures would tell the bride, all right, this is what happens on your wedding night. This is beautiful, whatever, you know, and a lot of our parents, we don't have those conversations. Like they didn't feel comfortable. You know, mine sex wait till you get married. That was about the extent of our conversation. And so the conversations have more of, I mean, for lack of a better word, like a raunchy sort of tone to it that that turns into humor and whatever, but it doesn't actually lead to you knowing or expecting or protecting the goodness and beauty of it. You know, like, I mean, it's okay to laugh and have fun and all of that. I'm not saying that, but but being honest, oh yeah, you know, like that is more rare. It, it is. definitely is more rare. And these conversations have to happen. You know, these conversations. I know the young adult girls that I know that have gotten married. They're like, all right, talk, walk me through it. Like, tell yeah. me the different things. You know, let me know. And then mm-hmm. some of them, a lot have had, you know, um, their purity has been restored in ways and shape or form. You know, and they have had sexual encounters and past before that, and the Lord has restored a lot. So for them, there's a lot of fear going into marriage yeah. now. Like, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. And it also makes you feel kind of, we all laugh, kind of bipolar because you're like, okay, wait till sex, have married, da, 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 and then switch. Oh, now you're allowed to do this. And then, um, oh, and I get to sleep as a person in the same bed too. And it's just all these In the diff- same day, it switches yeah. from one to the other, other on your and you're wedding like, day. Oh it's my gosh. Yeah. Yes. And you know, like, yeah. oh, it's totally different, you know? And people are at just various different places about that, but there's a lot of fear, yeah. you know? And I think it's just like having this honest conversations, mm-hmm. but that knowing that sex is such a beautiful thing and yeah. it's so holy and it's so healing and it's beautiful, but that's not been a lot of people's experiences mm-hmm. either. So mm-hmm. to go and have those hard conversations, you know, well, yes. or even saying to yourself, like, it's holy, like, because some of our mindset yeah. for yes. so long has been, it's not holy, it's dirty. It's, you don't really talk about that. Definitely don't talk about it at church. Don't bring yeah. God yeah. into the bedroom. Like that's weird yeah. and totally hokey or yeah. just awkward, like all of those things. And so to just say, this is holy, like remind yourself of the truth. Yeah. It's holy. It's good. Mm-hmm. God made it. That's yeah. what he wants. You know? And to have those conversations with your spouse. Like, okay, you know, like this is what's going on in our sex life. What is this? This What is this intimacy? You know, having these whole conversations about your body. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, like it feels weird at first or unnatural, but then mm-hmm. it becomes beautiful because mm-hmm. our languages have a body, as a JP2 says, all yes. of their own. Yeah. So there's a deep, intimate union, you know, as your two bodies come together. Mm-hmm. And it's a very holy thing. And that is the language that we have to actually learn. It's almost like John Paul II, the body has a language all of its own. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost like learning a foreign language. Mm-hmm. We have to learn the language of our bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for oftentimes as women, we ignore our bodies. Yeah. You know, we beat them into submission. We want them to be what they're not. We, you know, we wish they would change. We wish Mm-hmm. them and we really wear them out in a lot of ways you know mm-hmm. and I remember like a, a couple of um, months ago a doctor asked me it's like what is your body saying to you and I'm like 
oh my gosh, I don't speak the language of my body. Like yeah. I'm, I'm the Tower of Babel. I'm not a Tower of the Holy, I mean, a Temple of the Holy Spirit. Like I need mm-hmm. to learn the language of my body, mm-hmm. but really listening to it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, in, and that's what John Paul II talks about in Love and Responsibility and talks to TOB. What does an integrated whole self look like to yeah. therefore give ourselves wholly to the other person? Mm-hmm. And when this wholeness comes about, the fruitfulness is abounding, mm-hmm. you know, but like we've often said, it takes work. Yeah, it takes cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even acknowledging probably the conversation we're all having right now is probably very uncomfortable for some people mm-hmm. of just like, <gasps> and, and just, it, and it triggers fears, uh, you know, or people's past areas of just maybe just sexual brokenness. Mm-hmm. And just to, we just want to offer you friends, just, you know, just a deep grace and a love there. And I, if, I know for myself and my own restoration of my 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 body, mind, and soul. One of the things that was paramount was studying John Paul II's theology of the body. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. pivotal in my life, yeah. pivotal in my sobriety, pivotal in my life, and it's something that continues to unfold. And understanding that I had deep lies about my body, about sexuality, was what is the gift for, and then just areas of of coming mm-hmm. to terms with areas of sexual abuse and, and trauma. And it's it's in a sense, I guess you know, it seems easier just to shut that whole part off and to judge it. And just to hate it the rest of our lives versus allowing the Lord to lead us gently into these tender places and to restore them. And that's a sacred journey for all mm-hmm. of us. Like every single person, all of us are on a journey of, of of integration mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and sexually. Like that's part of our – and so just understanding that sometimes we have a huge resistance to that and just kind of noticing what that resistance is. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, what am I – you just even as you're listening now, or just even in any of the identities, especially like maybe there was one identity, one episode that you listened to us, and you were like, "I can't." That's hard to hear. You know, this is a hard saying. Yeah. <laughs> and just to notice that, of okay, Lord, you know what? What? What do you want me to hear in this? Like, what are you trying to tell me? And where are you trying to bring me to life? Because you look, you look at Christ and you look at Mary. Like, is the fullness of life? Like, just the fullness, mm-hmm. fully living, fully. At, at peace with their body, fully at peace with who they were as a man and a woman. I just fully at peace with with who they were before God. I mean, I was, you know, just like that reality of of Christ and his, his, his human nature and his divine nature. But it just, so we're talking about the restoration of the entire human person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is you know, our eternal commitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember um, when we were at Franciscan going mm-hmm. to school and um, Jake and I were engaged, I think, Mm -hmm. dating or engaged. And Christopher West came to speak there, and it was the first time we ever heard him. Mm -hmm. And we sat there, been Catholic our whole lives. Um, (laughs) I was in ministry for a long time, even before I went to university. Went there, and I had never heard that message before. I sat there. We were both, like, jaw-dropped, like, listening. It was like a bomb just Mm -hmm. went off in our minds and in our hearts and our understanding of what sexuality was and some of the things that we were had in our stories and in our lives that we just didn't even realize and God's plan and the holiness of it Mm -hmm. and that this isn't something to be hidden from God, Mm -hmm. but but for God to be in the middle of the whole thing, you know, like that blew our minds. And I remember going to an engaged encounter and one couple was talking about how they pray before they have sex. And Jake and I looked at each other like, what the heck are they talking about? We were so judgmental. I was like, 
oh my gosh, these people are such losers. Like, here's how judgmental I am. But I was like, I was so far from that at yes. that point. I did not know how those two things came together. Yeah. And not because I had this horrible sexual past, but it had only been formed by the world yeah. up yes. until that point. I mean, to be honest, right it had just never been talked about. Like mm-hmm. at all the church things that I went to and all the, what I, like it had never been talked about with any kind of honesty or detail mm-hmm. or like pressing into certain things that it had only been formed by the world. And I didn't realize how much of that was in my mindset. I didn't realize how much impurity had crept into my thoughts. Just what I would hear, I would always take certain things in yes. a sexual way yes. instead of just in a pure way. And yeah. and it was just because of the formation that I'd had oh, yeah. from TV and the yep. world, like and from the, the secular Nature culture. Vacuum. Yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so to be able to grow in those areas together, yes. we I mean, listen to a lot of Christopher West <laughs> in the years following and have gone to some of his courses and it's been tremendously helpful for us. But to then talk about how do we integrate that in yeah. real ways individually mm-hmm. and then as a couple, those yeah. truths so we can grow. So it's been a growing together oh, yes. in our understanding of that. And most people don't walk into marriage with a really holy, full understanding of our sexuality no. and what fruitfulness really looks mm-hmm. like in all of those areas. Oh, I agree. So, yeah. So just a word of hope there. Like, like you can always learn and grow mm-hmm. in new ways and and God can restore and renew your mind. Oh, you know, absolutely. it's like think about these things, what is pure, what is good, what is holy. Yes. Like we can retrain our minds absolutely. through the grace of God to see things more purely, to experience our sexuality in a more pure way yeah. and the other, you know, mm-hmm. to to push aside some things that are maybe um contaminating yeah. our hearts um, and our view and our perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think these are all all areas that can help us on a mm-hmm. really practical mm-hmm. level. I agree. And I think for us, it's really important, like realizing how we were formed. And there was a very big and not blaming any parental units or anything, no. uh, just a lack of formation. We didn't mm-hmm. get it. And we allowed they the world to teach. We know how to do it. No. No. We know a lot more now, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I remember a good friend of ours, Brian, that runs um, Damox Ministries. Mm-hmm. I was asking him, what age should I tell a certain child? about a certain part of like sexual things, you know? And he said, if the child is going to hear from their classroom or whatever, you need to be the first to tell them. You need to be the first to introduce this topic to them and you need to beat them to the punch because Mm -hmm. you don't want their formation to come somewhere else. I thought that was Mm -hmm. such a great... Um, word of wisdom yes. and advice, you know, and one of the things that we love even trying to do our own children inform them as humans, but, and with that is their sexuality yeah. is to not have just the talk, yeah. but we introduce it and start having the talks like mm-hmm. where it's open <laughs> conversation. It is not just this one-time conversation, like the birds and the bees talks. Yeah. It's an ongoing conversation that yeah. we have. And for me, even with um, boys and not like pigeonholing boys and saying this happened with girls either. Even boys, and when it comes to this, you know, to the idea of pornography or whatever, like I told our boys, this is a no shame zone. Yeah. If there's something struggling, will you come? Like yeah. you will not be punished, you will not be whatever. Like this is a no shame zone. And realize that that um with that, you know, philosophy, our boys have come to us with any kind of struggle or any kind yes. of things. And we and just even how we approach sexuality. Yeah. You know, where um that we just approach it with an openness, mm-hmm. but a reverence also. Yeah. And there has to be 
some accountability, like, mm-hmm. is, you know, whatever, but just to say, like, okay, what's the deeper issue here, mm-hmm. you know, and what is the deeper issue? And I think, like, Dr. Bob is brilliant when it comes to what's the deeper longing. Yes. If there's a disordered in your sexuality or disordered desire in your sexuality, what is the deeper desire? Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you can name that deeper desire so the Lord can order it in proper order, mm-hmm. and it can glorify the Lord in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's key in the formation of kids and their mm-hmm. understanding. Like, I remember having the actual, like, part of the talk with my with my one of my daughters and I remember her saying you know like yeah I just have questions because I feel like everybody else knows but me and I said actually honey you know more about this topic than probably most of your friends because we've been talking to you from the moment that you could understand you know what love is and how to love another person Mm -hmm. and you can't use another person Mm -hmm. and you love people and not things and why that is and I said this was all the foundation I said this is all we've been talking about for so long and this is the culmination Mm -hmm. of all of those things and it was like the light bulb just went off of like oh my gosh we've been having this conversation for years I'm like exactly Mm -hmm. yes yep yeah. Exactly. And that's so true. And I think for us, you know, that really brings our whole kind of series back to full circle of of, of being gift, mm-hmm. that our bodies mean something mm-hmm. and that we're made for another. And that's ultimately for God. It's just revealed in, in every way that we are, we're, we don't make sense by ourselves, like that we need each other, that we're made for another, that we, that we find ourselves, as John Paul II says, in a gift of one another. And I'm just thinking of, as we talk about, kind of we wrap up our series, we talk about fruitfulness of what does it mean to look, what does it mean to be fruitful in, in every stage of our life. Yes. So as children, when we're kids, what does it mean to be fruitful as teenagers of, you know, in our 20s and in our 30s, whether we're married or single, what does it look like to be fruitful in 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s? Mm-hmm. Like, because we're called to be ever bearing of mm-hmm. fruit and and the Lord is always pruning. He's always up, you know, kind of picking up the plant when it falls over. He's always planting new things. He's always, you know, removing the weeds. And so that we, our hearts are not just like, oh, I was fruitful for this season, but but this is our life. This is heaven. Like God is ever bearing, like evergreen, mm-hmm. like say, um, Hildegard. Hildegard of being, it talks about us as being like evergreen, evergreen, mm-hmm. you know, that we're always bearing fruit and the Lord's always pruning and he's always trimming, but he's always bringing to birth new things. And, and that's why it's the deepest desire of the heart is to be fruitful, is to love, is to be received, is to give like everything we've been talking about. These echoes on our soul because of who we're made in the image and likeness of God to be. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Amen, friend. Amen. Well, my dear friends, any, this has been a long journey, especially with Spirit Juice and all of our friends here. It's like our last episode, at least for a while here. What are we, any last words as we wrap up our series on our identities and any final thoughts? Yeah, I hope that um, people are able to come back to these series. You know, like we did say at the very beginning, we're going to do a deep dive. And some people were like, whoa, you guys are going too deep. I'm like, (laughs) I know, I know. It's It's okay. okay. It's a little bit different than what we've done before. But there was a purpose behind that. And Mm -hmm. we have so many seasons of various topics you can pop Mm -hmm. back into. But I think there's, there's a time, you know, for each person to go through different parts of this and to take time to reflect and to talk with friends and to meet in groups Mm -hmm. and have these discussions. And I hope my prayer is that this is extremely fruitful in the hearts of our listeners and and even for us like I've this has been fruitful for me these conversations Mm -hmm. I really want to take time to ponder them Mm -hmm. after we go Mm -hmm. so I do and we've all had moments in our life where we were given a book and we tried to read it and put it down and then couple years later you came back to it or you read it again and, that, and that's my heart too and I know it's yours Michelle yeah. that, that you would find 
just these series that you can watch on video done so beautifully by Spirit just edited so well and just so beautifully filmed and uh, that you could sit by yourself or with friends and and just continue to allow these things to unfold. Maybe then you bring your daughter in or your mom or just, it just so the, the life, like life continues to grow and it does continue to be fruitful. And we can't ever, we never adult out of or grow out of growing into our identities more deeply. That's an eternal mm-hmm. process. And, and that's such good news. Mm-hmm. I think it's such good news. Mm-hmm. So... And we just like to thank our listeners. Yeah. You know, thank you for being on the journey with us. Mm-hmm. And thank you for abiding with us. And mm-hmm. thank you for the gift that you each and every one of you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Yeah. So we we sometimes say this, but I mean, I know we we read your emails and we see your posts on social media and we hear your hearts. And there's no way we can respond to every single one of you, but we do hear you. And I know, mm-hmm. Heather, for you, like just reading people, you do a lot of the email reading and things mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. just we, we care for you very deeply. And we always want to to be our best for you and to allow the Lord to come and, and heal us so that we can be our best for you. And so it's just been a, a wonderful, a wonderful journey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So, dear friends, our one thing for the final episode here, Michelle? Um, My one thing is actually our listeners. And so Mm. just their loyal support and their complimentary and just the letters and gifts and just the love that we have received from them. Mm -hmm. And for all of the people that work behind the scenes to make this podcast happen, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. So to thank Lizzie and Emily and Katie and Victoria here from Spirit Juice and Kevin that runs our website, like there's a lot of details that go into um, mm-hmm. all the little production and um, all the people behind the scenes were very grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my one thing is a recipe Ooh. for Brussels sprouts. What? It takes them to a whole new level. I know people fruitful are just like Brussels sprouts. There's <laughs> <laughs> people Brussels sprouts. But you roast these people. babies. Yeah. There's a little bit of like bacon on there, mm-hmm. like this balsamic maple syrup. Wow. And then some crushed pecans. I mean, it's going to take it to the next level. They're so good. So, have we had that at your house before? I don't think so. Next time. Dude, I'll make sounds, them. They're really good. Back into Canada. Like, I you know. could just have it's that like, yeah. as your dinner. Oh, wow. But, well, I could. I'm yeah, hungry, you could. So I could. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be in the show notes. Right. Sister, what's your one thing? I think my one thing is our listeners and to all the staff at Spirit Juice as well. And I also want to thank, thank Michelle. Thank you so much for this was part, like mostly your concept and that you worked really hard on the content and offering just different quotes. And so I just love your creative heart. And so just, to, thanks, yeah, and just the, um, all the details that happened for this to happen. So And thanks to our patrons. Yeah, yes. our patrons. Thank so you. generous. The yes. best. Which made it Nicholas happen, really. Really, really. Uh, for their generosity. Really, really, really. Yeah. 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 So, well, dear friends, this concludes our series on the identities and our um, series on brides. So, thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints on our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. 
You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. Thank you and God bless you.